figured out how to start these. Um, other than uh, a greeting, and I give you a word, it will just okay. Yeah, let's do that. Greetings, one and all. Ooh, to <laughs> <what>? <laughs> sound like somebody's mother on the mug board. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Greetings and salutations to all uh, members here. We have this morning. Uh, I wasn't done. Um, oh, <laughs> and uh, just uh, welcome to all of you all, young and old as myself. Um, we're so happy that you have came, come, come to. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it not robbery. <laughs> I hate that phrase so much. <laughs> Thought it. What does that even mean? Like exactly. I hate that phrase. I hate the phrase. We can't pay you. I hate the phrase. Will a man rob because God? It, well, yes. that, okay, that last one makes sense. But we can't pay you. But then proceed to hand you a check. That's right. fine. We can't pay you. But here's some money. Like, okay, oh wait, oh I got it. Well, maybe they just mean like we cannot pay you what you're worth and what you've done to us. But here's a token of our appreciation. That's literally what they say. Yeah. Like, so it's like I can't pay, but I, but it, it just comes across as if I can't pay you nothing. Man, but here's right. a check. I can but pay you. I get that point. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Continue your um, readings and salutations. Thank you. See, just young. See how young people do. Just anto. Um, but yeah, welcome, welcome. We welcome you once, we welcome you twice, we welcome you thrice in the name of Jesus Christ. Who I feel like I just made that up, but it goes that's fine. Well, um, they normally know people don't say thrice, <laughs> they normally just say three times, <laughs> but yeah, I think thrice sounds better in my home. Thrice in Jesus Christ, that makes sense. Yeah, that sounds better to me. They should get on that. Yeah, they should. Now, as customary, I will give you a word. Whatever you find, I just look and I will give you a word. Like that man. It's like, go ahead, girl. girl. <laughs> the word um, is. <laughs> um, 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 ooh, so many. <sighs> okay, so I think I'll just stick to one word this time. Okay, um, I feel like see the, the stretch that you were about to pull with these words. I just already know there's nothing that you couldn't stretch to make it work. Uh huh. It's one of my gifts, really. You just the way you just stretch. Yeah. Okay, the word the word of today is caution. Caution. <sighs> Go ahead and stretch okay. for you for your reach. Give me a minute. Go ahead, get uh, you some yoga on. Go ahead and stretch. This is a good um melodic time of reflection 
Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Caution. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Okay. I'm, tra- I'm just trying to make sure it's coherent. Okay. There's a couple routes we can go with this. Um, I was hoping ahead. So let me take the easiest route. Okay. A caution. Okay. A caution, if I caution you to do something, I'm warning you of something, correct? I am encouraging you to do or not to do something that I probably already know what the outcome is going to be if you do or don't do the thing I'm cautioning you to do or not do, correct? So if we think about the beginning of time, we can go all the way back to the beginning. In the beginning or the beginning as my pastor likes to say God cautioned uh huh a man and a woman by the name of Adam and Eve and he cautioned them uh huh by saying you can eat of all of the fruit and the trees of this garden (laughs) except for this one and the caution was hear this for you shall surely, not you may be, or you might be, you shall surely, that means it's going to happen, that, that was the caution, right? And any common sense individual would say, hmm, I probably shouldn't eat of that tree. But here's the thing, though, okay? Adam and Eve lived in perfection, uh-huh, and thus did not understand the concept of death, right? So the idea of death being a threat to an immortal human being seems like it was a waste of energy, correct? That's like me presenting to you an idea about something that makes no sense to you. If I present to you a concept from the fourth dimension, it's not going to hit the way it should because we don't live in the fourth dimension. Amen? Cool. Let's keep moving. Adam and Eve took this threat, this cautionary tale, if you will, and kept living their life until the serpent uh took an abstract thought that had no mortal connection to them and made it make sense, right? Which is what the enemy does. You know, sometimes he will come in and he will take an abstract concept of the word. God has already spoken a word to you. He's already cautioned your heart, but the cautionary tale seems far-fetched, right? It seems abstract. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't connect with your current situation. Then the enemy watch me now, will slither in, slither in, Harry Potter reference, will come in and he will take what seems abstract to your current situation and make it fit so that you don't have to do a whole lot of extra work. So the idea of death was a 4D concept to a 3D Adam and Eve. The serpent came in and said, but actually what he meant was not that you would surely die because death is not a thing. What he really meant was you'll be like him which he don't want you to do. And for somebody that lives in 3D, the idea of this thing will make me superior makes more sense than this thing will cause something to happen to me that is not supposed to happen to me because it was not created to happen to me. All right. So 
<laughs> this Eve stretch. took, no, 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 I'm going somewhere. Eve took the cautionary tale of Jesus, of what God told them, and dismissed it because it wasn't relevant. The serpent made it make sense. So he, she followed which one made most sense and took the least amount of energy, right? Because it takes way more energy to abstain. It takes way more energy to stand still. It takes way more energy to let something you want go, right? It takes more energy to do all of that. But if I can just do it and get it over with, then it's less energy. So she ate of the fruit, realized ain't nothing happened. She didn't die because she didn't understand what death was. But and she gave some to her husband and it was cool. They didn't know what death was. So at that point, they didn't realize they messed up. But here's the thing. The caution was not for you shall surely die and it be in a physical sense. The death was a severance uh between man and God. Are you with me? The caution was if you eat of this tree, you shall surely sever the ties between you and I. The death will be spiritual and not physical because physical death didn't make sense. Right? So the caution of it all, right, was don't eat of this tree for you shall surely die. That was the caution, the initial caution to Adam and Eve. They messed it up, right? But then, here's the shout, okay? After that caution went unheeded because they was hard-headed, God punished them appropriately, you know, whatever, but then another cautionary tale came. But this one was the exact opposite of the first one. The first caution was, don't do this thing because bad things will happen. The second caution was, because you disobeyed me, now something else has to happen. But this one actually works out in the favor of the person that had just done the thing against God. So really, it shows the heart of God because it shows that even though he punishes us, he still loves us and he doesn't leave us left in our brokenness. Why? Because when he talks about all of the punishments they have, then in Genesis 3 and 15, he talks to the serpent. And uh, see where I'm going? Says, the caution <laughs> was, I will put enmity, separation, animosity, caution between you and the woman. Meaning, women and your seed and her seed which means we will always be cautionary towards each other we will never trust each other again but here's the shout it said he will crush your head which means he gonna kill you <laughs> but it ain't gonna be without a fight so all of this started with the caution all of this was solved with the caution and all of this will be restored with the caution Amen. 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 My cash app is such a round but you know. Keep me near the cross, Lord Jesus. And hold me at your side. Genesis 315. Amen. Wow. That was good, wasn't it? I mean, that was that was wow. That was good, wasn't it? You liked it. You ain't gotta tell me. You, ain't tell me. <sighs> you ready for the bulletins? Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> These are good ones. Uh, You're gonna love them. I only have two this time because I really want to spend a little bit of time um, from my 
my pulpit message today uh, on one <laughs> So I'm only going to talk about two of them um, as far as church bulletins. Govern yourselves accordingly. So I'm just going to read the uh, headlines and we can kind of go from there. Um, <laughs> that's what you want to do. So the very first one, we are in Brooklyn. So, you know, very interesting things happen in Brooklyn. Um, and the headline simply says, Vandal urinates on Brooklyn church statues uh-huh. and <laughs> smashes them um, in a possible hate crime. So this happened earlier this month, uh, earlier in December. And so basically there was a Brooklyn church um it was uh, Our Lady of Consolation Roman Catholic Church in Williamsburg, which I'm assuming is in New York somewhere. And so there was this guy around four in the morning, which we already know nothing good happens after midnight. So strike number one. Um, there was a vandal that was walking around uh, around four in the morning. And he pushed an angel statue on the ground. And when he pushed it on the ground, it smashed Um, And then he does the same thing to the second angel. And then he walks away. And then he comes back and decides he wants to uh, pee on them. Um, I guess he had to pee or whatever. Here's the gag, though. The gag is this. These angels, these same exact angels have been destroyed Twice before, once earlier in the year, and then once before in 2016, where the statues have dropped and crashed and shattered. But this is the first time somebody has taken upon themselves to urinate on top of the shattered statues. And the gag of it all is that the young man who did it was filmed. So the video of him smashing the angels and peeing on them is uh, public knowledge. You can Google it. There's a video of him doing it. And he didn't get too far because he got caught (laughs) at 4 a.m. They found the statues by 6 a.m. that same day. He went on Twitter, all of that. And he was found, found, I guess, guilty of that. But it caused the debate that I want to kind of bring up to you. This is something we can talk about really briefly. The main crux of this story is that it was considered a hate crime. And there was a lot of discussion on Twitter and in the comments that talked about, like, is it considered a hate crime because they were religious figures in the sense of being angels? What constitutes a hate crime? Does it have to be like a proper noun kind of statue for it to be a hate crime? Like, could it not just have been he was just destroying property? Is it because they were angels? Like, what constitutes a hate crime? Do you believe it was considered a hate crime? Um, one, let us know, but also I kind of want your perspectives, uh, Cyrene. Uh, do you think that yeah. this young man breaking and peeing on these angels was a hate crime? And if so, who was it against? 
just the thing. I don't know if it's. I don't know if I would consider the hate crime. I kind of do because they're angels. But then again, like had he, I don't know. So they, okay, were these angels? They weren't. They were like outside. Like they were not like on a church ground. They were outside oh, the church. They were okay. like on church property, but not inside okay. the church. Okay. Well, actually, well, okay. I think they. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I think I'm gonna say that it's the hate crime. Because I mean, the fact that it's like at the church on church property. Like, had this just been. Just I don't know angels. Just I don't know. I'm just like <laughs> anywhere downtown somewhere. I think that'd be a little different. But yeah, that yeah that that's a hate crime. It's also just terrible and dumb. Like you just you gonna break them and pee on them. Yeah. Like what the angels do to you? Yeah. See, that's kind of where I'm at. Like I don't think it's a hate crime. I think the hate crime it would become hate crime territory for me if it was like the archangel Michael or like Gabriel, like if it was like icons in Christianity that he broke and peed on, then I think I would classify it as a hate crime or like the cross, like he shattered the cross and peed on it. Then I would think that it was a hate crime, but angels transcend cultures like Christians aren't the only people that believe in angels. So I feel like, yeah, I think in that sense, it's not a hate crime. Like, if these angels were of specific biblical characters, like, then I would feel some type of way. Like, if it was, oh, a statue of Jesus and he broke it and peed on it, then yes, that's a hate crime. Or even if it was, like, a statue of Mary, because, you know, a lot of people have statues of Mary, like, on their lawn stuff. Like, that, I feel like, would be a hate crime. But just, like, a general angel i think it has about the same uh weight as like a general christmas tree like if you like cut down a christmas tree and peed on it i'd be a little bothered and i would think you had other deeper issues but i wouldn't be like oh that's a hate crime like i feel like you hate christmas and you must hate christians and you must hate god because you peed on a christmas tree you know what i'm saying like because mm-hmm. agnostics put angels on their trees or put stars on their trees or whatever, and probably don't even celebrate, like aren't Christian, but celebrate Christmas. I think a hate crime for this is a bit of a stretch simply because we don't know if they're like specific angels or just like. I mean, true, but then again, I mean, it was at a church, so I kind of just feel like he went there on purpose to just destroy something. Oh, of something. course, absolutely. But at four in the morning, he could have been like drunk, you know. But also, I just feel like that's negligence. Like, I think that's just destroying property. I don't think it was like, let me go to this church and break these angels and pee on them. I think he was probably just like walking home and, oh, these angels moved. And he like pushed it and they fell and he peed on them. Like, I don't think it was intentional because what (laughs) game did you get from that? Like, who sits at home and stews and is like, oh, you know what I can't (laughs) wait to do? Go to that church and pee on their angels. Like, you know, like, I just don't, I hope nobody is sitting there thinking about that because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, he could have been like, you know, wouldn't it be crazy? Like, Like, they did that, like, during church service, like, came in. And like went to the altar and just started saying, wouldn't that be a sight to and see? That'd be a lot. And yeah, that's a lot. Just no. imagine. Like that would be even, so crazy. Don't even want to think about that. Yeah, so there's that. Let us know if you feel like that's a hate crime or not. I just think he was drunk, to be completely honest. I think he was drunk. 
And then we had to do because nobody just willingly whips out their genitalia to pee on things willingly. I don't think people do that unless there's like something going on in the brain. Um, so we're gonna leave that one where it is, and we're gonna move swiftly on to the next and last one for the church bulletin. The key things to remember about that story: one, don't <laughs> go around breaking people's angels. Don't go around really just don't touch people's things. Keep your hands to yourself. Exactly. Also, don't pee on things. You're not an animal. You don't need to mark territory, especially if it's not <laughs> yours. Just let's let's save those things for the restroom, um, the outhouse, the woods, <laughs> like any of those things. Um, and also, if you are going to be on camera, don't be like don't not cover yourself. If you're gonna do it, like at least do it in a way that you won't get caught. Because the only reason this kid got caught is because like literally you could see every piece of him on this camera so like which also says to me he had to have been drunk but who's going to do all of this and not check and see if they're cameras if they're sober you know okay that's all you need to know about that govern yourselves accordingly so the next one very similar theme very similar story is about a 21 year old by the name of zachary burdick um this took place in north dakota zachary was asked to leave the spirit of life catholic church in north dakota back in october um because he was trying to bless the congregants which if you don't know um typically that is only the job of the priest or whoever your leadership is in the church uh catholicism and protestantism alike blessings normally only come like anointings normally come from elders or leaders in the church so i'm assuming mr burdick was not a leader so he was asked to leave uh because he was trying to bless congregants and i think in the Catholic Church, a lot of times they use the holy water, less oil, more water, whereas Protestants use more oil, less water, uh, as far as the Bulletins are concerned. And so Mr. Burdick, he was asked to leave, and I guess as a result of his uh, frustration with the church, he left, um, but came back shortly after and decided he was going to seek revenge. And so in his revenge against the church, he came back frustrated. He took off his clothes, climbed into the fountain of holy water, and then walked down the aisle, uh, butt naked, and performed <laughs> very lewd acts in front of the congregation that apparently included preschool-aged children. Oh. So, uh, because of this, he was charged with felony indecent exposure and misdemeanor disorderly conduct, uh, but he said he was not guilty of such actions. First of all, Mr. Zachary, <laughs> if you're in a congregation of people and everybody saw you, you can't plead not guilty. Simply <laughs> because everybody saw you. So, like, that's strike number one. Strike number two, they were nice to you when they asked you to leave. They could have very easily called the authorities and had you escorted off of the property. They could have had you excommunicated. The Catholic Church and the Church of England have done it before. You could have been excommunicated from the faith entirely. They're like, you know what? We're, we don't want your soul to be, you know, damned to hell. We just want you to leave. We want you to go home, get you a nice juice box and a sandwich, take a nap, come back next week and try it again. But no, <laughs> you decided that you were going to get even by stripping butt naked, butt naked, and hopping into a 
not just a fountain. This isn't just a water fountain that you see like in the middle of like Central Park or like in the middle of downtown. This was the fountain of holy water, sacred, blessed holy water that has now been infiltrated with all of your junk and your body parts. And then you walk down the aisle butt naked, performing whatever kind of mood acts in front of the whole congregation. What is your... <laughs> Not- <laughs> asked you to do any of these things. How did you go from wanting to be the priest and blessing the congregants to now you want to be a whole flasher showing all of your bits to the congregation. What happened between when they kicked you out and when you came back that said, this is how I'm going to handle this. This is how I'm going to show them that I am upset. I'm going to strip my clothes off, hop into this fountain, and walk down the aisle because then they will know that I am mad. Like, I just need to know what the thought process was. And I also need to let you know that it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen, I've ever heard. The follow-through was stupid. That's not how we deal with our feelings, Zachary. That's not. (laughs) That's not how we deal with if we're feeling sad or upset. I don't know how I would have dealt with it if the church would have kicked me out or whatever, but I definitely know stripping butt naked and hopping in a fountain is not on the list of ways I would handle it. I probably would just not come back. That's typically You know, that's that's what the rest, you know, normal people would do right but not zachary uh he decided he was just going to hop into the fountain and here's the other thing um i forgot to mention a lot of um catholic churches the fountain um in some of the catholic churches rather the fountains are towards the back of the church whereas like for protestant churches the baptismal pool or what have you is at the front this fountain of this church was located where the altar of a Protestant church would be. So the very front, which means picture, he comes busting back through the doors <laughs> and is slowly stripping off his clothes layer by layer. So by the time he gets to the front of the church, he's butt naked, has submerged himself in the holy water fountain that's located at the front of the church. Oh. So him walking down the aisle doing whatever lewd acts they say he was doing, he was walking back out of the church not into it so <laughs> perspectives uh for you on that one um but thoughts about our friend mr zachary that's just really gross yeah why people feel the need to strip we don't even strip to get baptized what am i why are you right yeah <laughs> and nobody wants to start that nobody wants to see mother mabel strip to her girdle and her stocking. Oh, right. We don't need that. We do not need that. You know, like, we don't, that's gross. Like, I don't know. I mean, but that that's just like the dude, the one before, you know, just paying things. Like, people just, were these white people? Um, yeah. Okay, well, hey, well, who surprised there? You yeah, know? I was going to say, are we surprised? Because we shouldn't be. Yeah, um, the whites be in some time. And honestly, I don't think this is even a white thing. I think, this is just, I don't know what this is, but whatever it is, it's a mess. <laughs> like, let's just not do that. Like, do do whatever it is you want to do, but not that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, 
yeah, so that's all I had as far as our church bulletins go. I have one more thing I want to mention, but I'm going to mention it during our pulpit hour. Or I can mention it now, and then I can do something else for um, the pulpit hour. It's up to you. Which one do you think? Um, we can do it now. Or whatever. Okay. So this is just something I wanted to mention. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but Bird Box on Netflix <laughs> is one of those movies that you have to watch once and then go back and watch again because the first time you watch it, it makes no sense. Or you have to like pay very close attention. It's a lot like Get Out in that it has all these deeper meanings that are just unnecessary. Um, and apparently it's become a cult classic in a matter of a couple days and people are like really raving over it. I would highly recommend yes. it. Not because it's like life-changing or anything, but um it is good to just kind of watch because a lot of the memes and stuff going on around on Twitter right now don't make sense until you've watched it. I will say, though, it is a long movie. It's like two hours. Um, so you do have to do I'm mad that's long these days. Like, two hours used to be a standard movie. Now it's like, that's so long. It's too long for that kind of movie. Like, I mean, y'all, see, you, y'all, y'all just used to out movies being an hour and a half. Now two hours are actually... No, no, no. Day, they was Titanic. That was like four hours. Like, yeah, like, four, like, three, anything that's over two and a half is long. But two hours is like average, both to me. But, you know. You well, young I mean, snappers. I don't think <laughs> there's anything wrong with long movies, but a movie like that, like if I'm going to the movies, I should be able to zone out and zone back in and not feel like I missed anything. The attention span of an average human being is not long enough to be focused I mean, for yeah. two hours completely. Like, mo- like Titanic was a movie I didn't have to really pay a whole lot of attention to. Because it was something that happened. Like there were key. Well, plus, I plots. mean, plus that mo- that movie was very long, but I, the, the the important part is the ship sinking. Right. Like all this Which doesn't <laughs> happen until like until an like hour a and half. half. So, yeah, so it's like it doesn't even half. Yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah, because the first half is just like oh, they're falling in love, whatever. But it's like no, when when does when does the crash happen? That's what I want to see. Right, because I've <laughs> seen this before. And I know what happens. And so with that, like, I don't have to think about other things. So that's to me why it works. Now, everything else can go. Like, I just, the movie itself is great. But there are some plot points in it that I feel like don't make any sense based on what other parts of the movie talked about. And that's the problem. So wait, wait, when did you watch yours? When did you watch it? When? Yeah. Uh, two days ago. Okay, so Christmas Me too. Did you watch it all the way through? I did. I watched it. Okay. I started probably. It was like Christmas Eve night. So it was like around nine or ten when I started watching. Yeah, it. I watched it at two in the morning, Christmas Eve. So it was really going into Christmas Eve, but like two in the morning. Oh, so before okay. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, like you know, I don't watch movies like when everybody types it up. I usually wait till it goes down a little bit, then I watch it. But you know, in this case, I was like, all right, I'm gonna just I'm gonna watch this. I, I got because like I cause I kept seeing like kind of a little bit like I don't want to see any spoilers. I want actually normally I I don't mind spoilers, but in this case, I was like, all right, I'm gonna just because I really need to know. I don't want to have to try to avoid it because everybody's talking about it. And I mean, it was a good movie. Like it's not great. But it was good. Like, it was good enough, but at the same time, it wasn't as good as, like, it was hyped up to be. Only right. just, I, I, I don't like when movies leave me with more questions than I have. 
then I yeah. should like I I don't want to be like, but why and how? Like, I don't want to have to have questions. I, I like to leave movies like, okay, everything makes sense. That was a wonderful story. Like, it all wrapped is everything well. up. And, right. Yeah, like, unless you're, unless you're setting me up for, like, a part two, which just doesn't seem like it is. Nope. It's just like, I'm just like, so what happened? I don't like leaving with, like, a what happened. And that's what this movie did. Like, it just, it was a good movie. It was good. It was two, you know, two hours. It was fine. Kept my attention for the most part. But I'm just, like, still a little confused by a few things. So that's, yeah. So let's talk about them. Let's use the rest of the time that would be for a bulletin to talk about it. Okay, so... Okay, so just a few things. Um... So like in the beginning, okay. Now, now y'all know. I, well, if y'all don't know, I don't. I'm not good with names of people at all. Okay, okay. You don't have to co-sign that hard. All right. <laughs> I mean, like, but you're not. Okay. <laughs> okay, but in the very beginning, okay, in the in the kind of beginning part. Well, this is in no particular order. Okay, but you know the, the guy. Um, well, his uh, machine gun Kelly. Yeah, the the white guy and the cop lady who like sure. Up, you know what I'm talking about? But they hooked up in like the washroom, like in the laundry room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they stole steal a car. the car. I'm like, okay. First of all, I can understand y'all left, but I'm just like, where did y'all did go? go? We don't know why. Like, and like, why did you leave? Because I because the thing with it is like. You're in a like you're in a house with other people, so it's like safe. And y'all have been told to not go outside. So I don't know why you people think like I'm gonna steal the car and just go. Go like where did you go? Like and why? Like that was just like, huh? Okay, fine. And then another thing, a well, big part is just like I it never really explained like how some people are able to see and see the whatever the thing and then some aren't. And I just wish they right. would have delved more into like because like what's crazy, what's the name, Greg or whatever his name was. Like him being able to see and how he want they those people want other people to see the thing, right? And I was want like it, they should have done like more like how like that come about because some people like okay all this crinkling you got going on over here. Sorry, <laughs> if it's not the cack and the cack 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 like it's just this extraness. But anyway, I was trying to move something. I'm sorry. That was Please awfully. I'm sorry. There. <laughs> my mic is sensitive like uh, me yeah, yeah well, okay proceed yeah like but why, how some people are able to are, are able to see it's one thing to be able to see the thing but then now it's like it's so beautiful you have to see like why are you making other people see the thing I just want to know like what is like how that happened because and then and I just wish it had like I know it's already two hours but I feel like they should spend a little more time focusing on like how this actually happened and like right. how, so then they kind of started like way well, started over here and it's coming over here and now it's you know it's, it's over and you like it's here now like but I wish they would have done like I don't know like more of like like on the news TV maybe them explaining it but it just kind of seemed as if like this thing just came about it was like in Russia or whomever and then now it's here and all of a sudden you're in the streets and everybody's going crazy kind of confused which is kind of weird and then the whole what's her name Mallory her whole backstory of how she's like really detached from this whole pregnancy thing and I just was like I don't know I just wish I would have learned a little more about her but like I don't know I just wish it was like a little a little deeper into the actual the parts of the movie yeah that's fair I mean a lot of it is um she mentions very casual things I think like she mentions that like their parents were not super attached to them and so that's kind of why she's not super attached to the kid um i think at the beginning 
she low-key sounds like me but not as extreme <laughs> yeah like honestly <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that so like i think it was one of those kind of situations where like i was like that girl like she's let me yeah <laughs> it's like she's yeah. like like she, like she didn't want to say pregnant like this condition like right girl like, like it was a parasite <laughs> Literally, like, she treated it like an infection (laughs) that she needed, like, some antibiotics to get rid of, and she didn't understand why it was happening to her, like, this terrible thing. If you didn't want to be pregnant, like, there's there's many ways. There's ways, right. (laughs) It's like, do you not know how this happened, or do we need to go over that? Like, like, do you not know? Right. It's weird. she, I think, I think the reason why that was important though was because it showed like how I think any woman, and I think this is kind of, I don't know whose agenda this was, but I think it did kind of show like how, even though in the very beginning she was very against it, very like not warm and ready to like take over, and she was like ready to put the kid up for adoption and like all that stuff, she in time of crisis, like, really took on the role of being mom, not just to her own kid, but to Olympia's kid, too, and to show, like, I guess the power of a woman that even in, like, to even boy in, and girl. <laughs> yeah, to boy and girl or to Olympia and Tom. Like, even though they, she didn't want it in the beginning, um, when times get rough, a woman will do what she has to do to take care of her family. Um, Whatever. So, I mean, I guess that's a yeah, that's, that's, that's nice story. But I I do agree that I feel like you're kind of thrust into the middle of this story with little to no backstory. Like all we know is it came from Russia, and it's this unknown thing that's causing people to kill themselves. And yeah, it's just it's very so like beautiful, but not what is it? Is it a thing? Like is it a like, because a we never like. Yeah, because it's like you just see like wind. It's like a, a shadow. It's literally just a wind. Yeah. And it's just like, but like, actually, what is this? Just the movie just had like a bunch of pieces that they kind of tried to fit together, and a lot of some of the stuff doesn't. Right. It's like, let's make it a woman and let's put children in like a weird, mysterious plague. And then let's put like yeah. birds and let's like see how that goes. And then it's like, yeah, because the birds will chirp and then it'll show that there are other birds and like, It'll also because for the longest time I'm like okay she has these birds okay I'm, I see this this but I'm like okay but how does this like go with the rest of the story it's like right. why like the birds it would have made birds. more sense had they used bats because bats <laughs> here we go are blind <laughs> and thus cannot see and use echolocation to get around. So had it been called Batbox, that also would be a double entendre. <laughs> if she was like a baseball player's wife or something. Like, honestly, I feel like that would have made see, more sense. See, now you're bird. on Batbox. Well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Batbox would have made more sense. Because, like, birds would in a box? Like, don't, would they, like, nibble through a box? Or maybe they wouldn't. Probably, probably not. No. Okay, I so think they prefer it to be dark. Like that's in the dark. cute. And, yeah. and in a dark box, that makes perfect bat box. That's right. Okay. It should have been called bat box instead of bird box, but whatever. And it was like the sounds, like if you dismiss the what you see, the sounds bring everything together, which I mean is really sweet. Or whatever, do bats but... chirp? 
Is that maybe they click? Okay, cool. Yeah. What do I know? <laughs> so I mean, and it's a similar idea where like I can't see, so I'm gonna make sounds, and those sounds are gonna be the things that help guide me, and I don't have to necessarily like listen or have to see it, and therefore I'm not danger. Which I think is why at the very end of the movie they end up at that school for the blind because see this is the thing like had this been me like I I, I would not know the whole bird and singing thing so right <laughs> this would have been a whole another movie because right. had it been me them, them birds would have been left in that cage at the house because right. in the freezer I, oh yeah that was so weird uh, but yeah like I would have thought to be like these birds will help us like I would have been like man forget them birds let's run and so yeah, there would have been a whole other movie. It would have just been Box because I I don't know. It would have been maybe I guess it was called Box because I wouldn't have had no birds. I wouldn't have thought to have that in there because I was like, who knows about birds and their singing or lack of singing? But it was just it was weird. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like it was weird oh. in the sense of like all these deeper things that you have to catch on to. Oh, okay. Also, okay. Another big point about like, okay, well, another thing wait, about the whole um thing, thing, whatever that makes them kill themselves. I wish mm-hmm. that we, talk, I think they mentioned something like how, um like when we see a bunch of these people when they, you know, die, whatever they say, you know, like, you know, we're like the one way who walked into walked the burning car and was like, I'm coming mom or something like that. Like, I wish we could have saw like, what they saw. I know they kind of did look at the, um, Greg, that dude with the drawings. He kind of had drawings out, I guess, right. and stuff. But I wish it was like, but that still wasn't enough for me. Like, I, because a lot of these people, like Mallory's sister, whatever her name was, like, she, like, walked in front of the bus or something. Like, I just wish, like, what do they see to make them want to do that? Right. Because it just seems like you just go, you just see, like, your eyes turn weird, and then you just walk, like, and then you just find the nearest thing to kill you, like, to injure yourself, and then it's like, that's it. But, like, I don't know, it'd be cool to see, like, what is so bad that they're seeing that makes them want to do that? Right. Or... Like it must, I guess your your worst nightmare or something, but I want to like I could have shown like what that would be for the people, well, some of those people. Well, here's the counter argument. I think the point of it was to show that like there are lots of things, especially when people are like suicidal. There are things that we don't necessarily understand because we're not in that situation. And so it could be one of two things. It could be, sure, it's the worst thing they've ever seen. And so they feel like death is an escape. Mm -hmm. Or it's one of the best things they've ever seen, but they can't reach it until they die. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like this movie, I don't know if that was supposed to be the point, but I think this movie does a very good job of like taking on mental illness in the sense of like when people commit suicide for a lot of people, it's like, oh, well, why did she do that? Her life was great. She had everything going for her. Like, what could have possibly led her to do this or led him to do to do this? And, like, we don't understand that they are seeing or feeling or experiencing something that we may not truly experience. And to us, it seems bad. But for them, it's some sort of relief, whether it's, like, I'm saving myself from this thing that's really scary or I'm going to be in this place where it's not scary and either way it's a win-win but the only way for me to get there is you know 
for me to end my life. And so oh. I think I think that was the point. Or I guess that was I mean that I mean that I mean yeah, that makes perfect sense. But like I mean, well uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But I feel like whatever they're saying is probably something terrible that they're like, Oh, I gotta just like I can't Oh, do of it. course. Yeah. And I but, think that's a lot of what people who commit suicide feel like. Like this is the worst possible situation. There's no way up from here. Like, I'm in a burning room and the only way out is through this window. And if that means I die, that I die. But at least I get out of this burning room. You well, know? yeah. I mean, you see, I think that, that makes perfect sense. But I feel like, I think it would be, I, would, I think it would have been a little more beneficial for the audience to actually kind of see like, like what that would glimpse. be. Yeah, to like actually kind of see that. Because I think a lot of people, suicide is, you know, it's kind of not common. But it's just, there and so I mean a lot of people we you know see or know people that have done stuff like you know or experienced that or whatever and I think you know I think it would just been better to like like kind of kind of like kind of put people in that shoe a little bit and kind of be like well I wonder like what are they saying what are they feeling like like why do they feel this way that this is the only way out because I just feel like that would have been a little like helpful for that way instead of just being like this is like this is the thing you don't want to see and that's it like i'm sure because i feel like people are kind of curious like well i mean i understand like you know like it's easy to kind of understand like hey this is you know probably your worst thing i understand you like wanting to do that but it's also like i want to see like i'm just nosy i just want to (laughs) know like i want to see like what you talking about his name was charlie uh laurel Uh, he mentions that um, yeah see uh, he (laughs) mentions that like they um, oh yeah him his little book that he's supposed to be writing he was like yeah like he mentions that for a lot of them they saw their worst nightmare or like they saw dead relatives or something so I think it is a little bit of both and I think the perspective is different depending on the person like I think for some people they might have seen like a relative or somebody who they really wanted to be around and then I think for others it may have been like these really terrible moments or experiences or whatever that really stressed them out so I think it could be either one I think personally and I think that they didn't specify because I think they wanted to let people know that it's different for everybody. And so not yeah. to put a face on it or to put like a cookie cutter, like this is what it looks like so that, you know, people recognize that it looks different for different people. People have different reasonings and like we don't want to, I guess, stereotype or put them in a box or whatever. Because I think that goes back to like with the what's the one Netflix show about the girl with the tapes 13 reasons why like I think people were really pressed about that because they felt like it was a very cookie cutter concept of suicide and not at all considerate of mental health as a whole so I think they didn't want to have another 13 reasons why so oh, yeah I'm still watching like, that oh well yeah people were really pressed about that so well, I, think, I finished I'm on the second season but yeah Oh, okay. So I think that's probably why they didn't do it, because Netflix already had that issue once before, and they're probably like, uh, no, we're not, we're not trying to tackle suicide from a one-sided perspective. So let's just stop. Um, let's but leave I it up. I wonder like how it started too, because it just seemed like I just need more, a little more information. About that it. is true. I feel like that could have definitely been expressed or something. But I mean, it's overall, like, it's, it's, it's like that game that you had that uh that plague thing that you, that app that yeah. you're playing. <laughs> yeah, like it just starts. That's and you spread it. Like. Create yeah. a disease, and then it's just like 
drops and then here. <laughs> yeah, and then eventually the whole world gets and everybody dies. That's legit. Just really like they this movie is like no one knows how it's just created and it just spread. Like yeah, it just kind of dropped, <laughs> and then over time, like whoever increased it, and now here we are. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I feel like I'm really happy that they were safe and that she ended up um, loving both boy and girl or Olivia Tom. Because (laughs) that scene on the boat where they were like, who's looking? And boy was like, I'll look and she got mad and you can see girl was like oh fam you trying to sacrifice me okay cool like I feel like that was really sad but also yeah her face fuck you yeah and it was crazy because that girl who played girl looked exactly like Olivia like a younger version of her and it was weird because they're not related it was just like nice to see that eventually she came around and realized that, like, because I cackled <laughs> when it got to the, the blind place, and then the doctor was like, well, What's their name? <laughs> right, girl, boy. And, and then she was like, uh. <laughs> Are you, Is this a joke? Or <laughs> I was like, Oh, well, she's not gonna expect that. Like, right. She was like, Oh, she's like, No, no, your name. It's Olympia after the sweetest one I've ever met. Can we talk like, about that real quick? That made me mad for two reasons. Why? One, oh, Olympia clearly said she would name her daughter if she had a daughter. She would name her Cinderella or Ella for short. She literally Did she said say something? another name too. They were all princesses. They're all princesses. Oh, yeah. She said Jasmine and some Ariel. Yes. And she, or she would name, or she would love to name her Cinderella or Ella for short. That's literally what Cinderella's a terrible name, but you know, Ella's But Ella's five. And then she says, you know, whatever. And she names her Olympia after the sweetest girl she knows when really we know the sweetest woman that was in that house was not Olympia, it was Cheryl. So I. She's an old lady. Yeah, she was the sweetest lady in the house. So I don't understand. Like, Olivia was the okay. sweetest See. person in the residence. How was she the sweetest person she's ever met? Or the sweetest girl she's ever met? Okay. False well, on both accounts. And no, she wasn't listening. No. no. Okay, here's the thing. No. I mean, if we're talking about the sweetest one in the house, I would give that to Olympia. No. Now. It's her fault that old boy came up in there. No. I mean, that's my point, is that her sweetness was a problem, but she was also still the sweetest Mm -hmm. one. I mean, now Cheryl was like the most helpful, the most logical. She had a lot of reason. She was very, like, she she was more helpful and also nice. But if we're just talking about just naive and sweet, that was definitely Olympia. (laughs) She would let let anybody in that cried. But that's because she cried at the beginning. Yeah, she's I just know what it feels like to be outside and walk. So like okay yeah we know girl we know and I see I mean because because I mean she wants to let she wants to let everybody in she wants to let everybody in and and that's the thing and what's the thing was dude Douglas is that his name yeah. little cranky one yeah, yeah see they should have listened to him more often because at first I was literally because no because literally I was like he is so mean but at the same time like I feel you because it's like we ain't got room for thirty eight people in here like I know we want to save everybody it's cool to want to save everybody. 
but we just can't. So I, yeah. I understood his point, but he was also very just a jerk. Like he could have, like he was when he first came in, he had that gun. I was like, sir, like it's not that serious. I mean, he's like, you, you're the reason my wife got. Like, okay, I understand your point, dude. Like, I get you, Doug. When he was talking about like when they got when they let uh that up Greg, whatever that dude was, when they let him. Mm-hmm. Listen to Douglas. I know he was wrong last time. I mean, we, Olympia was cute. She's cool. You know, she's fine. But like, listen to Douglas. Listen to Douglas because he tried to tell y'all no more people. Y'all lucky. Like, y'all lucky y'all got Olympia in because anybody, because he, when he told his little side, his little sad sob story, I was like, okay, something ain't right about him. I was like, I, I have a bad feeling about that, about Douglas. It's just, it was bad. And then we it, came in with the, to see the baby oh i thought he's gonna kill him i was like, literally i was waiting for him to like do like he did it for color girls and talk the babies right out the window like i was waiting for him to like i thought he would have like opened the baby's eyes or something i wonder what would have happened <gasps> that would be so weird because they're babies, they can't move or walk so I but they know. also really can't see so like that's another like just uh-huh. a biological thing like typically especially babies fresh fresh out the birth canal aren't able to really see we didn't have to of the birth canal after the womb so anyway they can't really see super far in front of them for months so he would have had to be like directly up on them like nose to nose kind of situation for them to even see anything so I guess it would have made things super complicated and also how does a baby kill himself you know like just, thing I was saying, you know, if that were possible I wonder how like 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 if they had like a four year old see I wonder what would happen right which is why they kept the kids eyes closed that but like as so a baby it, it would just have been too much and then it just it would have caused extra things but I think <laughs> the baby had like if a child had done it i think that would have been so so it would have been too much yeah it would have been yeah. too close to home it would have been it would have been too much so i think the way they did it was good but i also think that it could have been shorter or if it was going to be the length it was it should have had more details because i just feel like so much was left unresolved yeah because like, her her Mallory and her sister like she's painting and pregnant like that we didn't need to see all that like I need right that was an unnecessary unnecessary like who's the baby's father who's his dad like did, did you get okay, I know how you got pregnant but how <laughs> right like who's his father did he die like why is it so difficult for the yeah why are you saying mother like what's where are your parents like i know they weren't in your life but are they dead like could you call them like there's just a lot of things that weren't really talked about and then like tom tom talked about his sister and how like he used to always like rub her belly and everything but like did she die was she a casualty of war also why did tom have to sacrifice mallory could have went honestly the girl liked tom more than mallory because mallory was freaking Duty had cootie queen and didn't Ow. do anything fun and like was obnoxious in that way. So like I just feel like it was good. I enjoyed it. There were other things I would have rather have seen than Who's your favorite character? Tom. Okay, good choice. Good choice. Yeah. Tom God. is just so beautiful. Isn't he though? Oh well, just great. 
Tom was my favorite. Like, he was so... And them together, I feel like, was super cute, too. Not only because, you know, Sandra Bullock is down with the brown, but because, like, I feel like he... After he fought off whatever that kid's name was, Greg, and, like, literally came back from the dead to kill him, like, that was cool. And then after that, like, him them training and him sacrificing himself for that family and, like, they were together for five years at that point and so much was happening. Like, all of that was super sweet and loving and wonderful. And I feel like he should have gotten a better story than, or a better ending than the one he got. Because he was so important to that. But it was also and, strange how, like, the age gap between them. Yeah, but we don't talk about that. Because they mentioned that in the beginning. He was like, when he kind of started, like, kind of flirting with her, he was like, oh, yeah, I'd have been a great babysitter for you. I was like, yeah, girl. Yeah, because you, you were smooth 50, and we could see that. And he's a smooth, like, 30-something. That's fine. I mean, it's still, like... But at the, at the end of the world, who cares? You know? 20 years is fine. But, I mean, once you get to be, like, grandpa's age, it's like, all right, I'm, even if it's even the world is ending, I'm still not. Well, won't. Yes. That was such a great... It was cute. I give it, like... Four, three and a half out of five. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I would definitely watch it. I would have, you know, hard watch it again with people. It was good. Well, yeah, people kept comparing it to the other movie, the A Quiet Place, the one same thing, but it's about like they can't hear the hearing thing. Right. Which yeah. I think this movie, but you haven't seen that one? No, I haven't seen it. Well, it's the same thing, but instead of seeing the thing, you have you, you hear the thing, and it hears you, so you can't make noise. Yeah, it's like it's like similar, but I feel like this movie was much better because the Quiet Place. It was just it wasn't really over a time span much. What well, kind of was? But I feel like this movie was a lot. But you should see the other one. You should be a Quiet Place. It's cute. I shall. I'll put it on my calendar. Thanks. That sounds like you won't. <laughs> well, you know, you know me. But I, I'm gonna put it on my. I'm gonna do it right now. I'm going to write it down. Like, okay, when you say it like that, you, you're not. <laughs> yeah, if I'm saying it, like, super long, I'm probably not. What, Titi? You said it, not me. Yeah, was that all of our um, bulletin things? Uh-huh. Okay, so let's um let's push on, shall we? I'm going to hit uh, my pulpit uh, <laughs> just really quick. Is it? Kinda, mm-hmm, it's actually very, very, very quick. Okay. Um, Organist begins. <laughs> amen. This week, uh, we're celebrating New Year's Eve. So, depending on when this comes out, uh, happy 2019. So, we are, you know, talking about the new year. And in the African American culture, um, New Year's is different for us than it is for other people. Not necessarily good or bad, but I know for me, or for most people, they bring in the new year at home with family or out at a party with friends, um, kind of watching the, the ball drop in Times Square, bringing in the new year. You know, you do the kiss at midnight, all that good stuff. Great. I did not grow up that way. Have never experienced a New Year's party. Honestly, I stayed home on New Year's once my whole life. And that was because my mom was sick. We were talking about that this morning. And so for African-American, typically um, the New Year is brought in doing or participating in what is called watch night service. Watch night service is literally, as the name suggests, a night where you watch 
the clock in service. Like that's literally what it is. Yeah, a lot of times you're not even watching the clock. I know at my church, it just kind of switches over to the new year. It's not like be preaching. It's tw- it's twelve oh seven. Right. Well, a lot of times people are like shouting and falling out. And for those of you who don't know, shouting is just a, a dance kind of thing that takes place in like evangelical churches a lot of times. Um, it's just like a form of exhortation, praise, what have you. Google it. So that's something that normally takes place. It's very loud around that time in our church. So we kind of skip it to the new year and don't really realize it uh, just because people are celebrating and stuff. But I wanted to kind of give some context because I know for a lot of uh, African-American kids, we just kind of go to watch night but we don't really know why we go or like what the history is. Um, or if we do go and we know the history, it's very watered down and kind of boring. So I did want to kind of put a little bit of uh, context as to why Watch Night is still a thing. Apparently Watch Night has been going on for 150 years. Actually, close to 160 years now. And it all started in 1862 during the Civil War. And so basically there were free and so people... Blacks that were born free, who were the descendants and the children of slaves who were free, who lived in the Union, and they were already free, so they were, you know, released from their owners, and they would gather in different churches or different spots on the equivalent of the Underground Railroad, and their family members that were still slaves uh, would be praying. Um, waiting for uh, President Lincoln to sign the Emancipation Proclamation. At midnight is when the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect, and it basically recognized that the Civil War was fought on the grounds of slavery, and because the Union won, it made slavery illegal, in a sense. And so while freed Blacks were in church, enslaved Blacks were just waiting until midnight, because at midnight they knew they were going to be free, um, considered legally free, and thus, you know, able to do what they wanted. Uh, Not really, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) So, even now, we still meet in the church to celebrate that freedom, that victory that our ancestors prayed for. It is to connect to that reality that we are here because of them and we are direct descendants of them and thus our freedom comes from their entrapment. And so we honor that by having um, service. We recognize that they were, you know, part of the three-fifths clause. They were chained. They were beaten. They were denied basic human rights. And at this point, they were made free, not equal, but free. And we celebrate that by having watch night service. And so we still do that. And we thank God for their survival and their willingness to, you know, continue to fight, continue to pray, all of that. Um, And God has delivered them from that. So typically, in a lot of Black churches, I don't know if you guys do this, but I know in churches um, up north especially um, that have a lot of Southern descendants there, so like my mom's family used to do this, where five minutes before midnight, they would stop whatever, wherever they were, 
on the program. Um, at 11.55, they would stop and it would become silent and they would pray into the new year. My mom talked about how creepy that was in New Jersey where there were like gunshots and things. You know, it would be this very awkward, ominous, dark. She said they would turn all the lights off and they would kneel and they would pray and it would be the longest five minutes. And then when midnight came, they turned the lights back on, happy new year. And then they went back to the rest of the service. Um, and that's how a lot of churches do it. I don't think we do that a lot down here. I think down here it's a lot of the loud celebration or the preacher preaches right through it. Yeah, so it's really just praying into the, making sure you start off the new year right. Uh, that's pretty much what it boiled down to. But it's not just the service in and of itself that we bring into the new year. In the South, in particular, our food is different on New Year's. The food that we eat, a lot of like black eyed peas, collard greens. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah. black eyed peas can go, but the collard greens can stay. And the cornbread. Cornbread, yeah. And so like, I don't know what, yeah, that's the main thing. We eat these foods because the uh, black eyed peas are supposed to bring prosperity. So you're supposed to have at least 365 of them. So at least one for every day of the year. Collard greens are supposed to be for wealth. Um, Cabbage also fits into the good. Oh, yeah fortune some people do like the cornbread and things like that but i think that's mostly for uh so you don't just have a bunch of vegetables yeah so uh there's rice there's pork all of these things are supposed to be like posterity wealth uh prosperity prosperity longevity wealth good fortune peace all that good stuff i think pork also has a purpose but I don't really remember what it was Uh, but apparently that's not just an American thing Um, other countries do it too Uh, like in Japan you're supposed to slurp a noodle without biting it (laughs) because that brings that means you have a long life Um, in Spain you're supposed to eat grapes because grapes mean this you know celebrating the new year Mm. some people do fish and they say that fish is good fortune because the scales look like coins and also abundance because they travel in groups or schools. Um, some people say pomegranates are good, especially in the Mediterranean, uh, because they smash them at midnight against their front door. And then however many seeds they have is how wealthy they'll be. There's lots of little food things, but the purpose of this whole soliloquy was watch night service is a really important thing in the African-American culture. So if you're ever wondering why your African-American friends are going to church on New Year's instead of going to the club, that is why. It's a historical thing that's been around for years. Will I ever not go to church on New Year's Eve? No. Probably not. Just because... I just feel like it's safer. I mean, safer, you know, some people, some people do both. Yeah, like I know some churches they'll do New Year's Eve service early, and then you do what you want and bring in the actual New Year, uh, which I think is cool. You can do both. Um, I know people who left right from left right from church. church and went to the club right after. They just missed the ladies free until eleven. You know, do what you gotta do. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's bring that's in the New Year at church and then. 
by 2 a.m. you somewhere else, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's between you and the Lord. So that was the, the long uh, story of why Wash Night and what that means and what it's for. So now you know, um, and you can show, tell your friends, you know, they'll be very surprised by your intuitiveness. And if you have just been going on a tradition and didn't really know why, now you know. Um, it's an homage uh, to our ancestors uh, for all of the things they have done. Uh, and did for us to be free. Yeah, so that that's it as far as uh, my pulpit. We are free. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. No uh, long. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just not even gonna talk about that. So no more. Yeah. Uh, mm. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you know, let us know. Feel free let to address them to her. Yeah, address them. To her. <laughs> I'd love to chat. Uh, but that's it for my pulpit uh, situation. Do you want to transition to things being on your heart? If you have anything? Okay. Sure. It's all you, girl. <laughs> so, um, being that, you know, the new year is upon us approaching soon, um, you know, normally you, know, you have a few resolutions. I, for one, never make any. Uh-huh. Because, you know, I just feel like the new year, you know, I feel like you should be trying to be a better person regardless of the new year. As some would say, you know, new, well, you know, you say new year, new me. But, you know, I just uh-huh. feel like I just, eh, it's a new year, to whatever, you know, because I, plus I feel like most people don't even follow me anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you were to have, I don't know if you have any re- resolutions for the new year, but now is your time to, uh, Pick one, choose something. If you have to, you know, if you were, if you had to pick a thing that you would like to work on for next year or to do better, what would that be, Reverend? Oh, you're asking me? Yes, I'm asking you. Posing Uh, it to you. There are several things I want to do, but the reality is I'm not going to do them. So I'm just not even going to waste my breath or your time saying those things. Um, So things like, can I give you some things? Some sure. Yeah, you want to give me some things? <laughs> no, you know, okay, well, you do your things, and I'll, I'll throw suggestions, and then you can do the same for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, one of the things, I guess, I think I will work on this year is being more intentional about things. Um, I commit myself to a lot. Um, I have a very full life and I think this coming year is going to be even fuller with new things that are happening and on the horizon of happening so I am anticipating like a lot of things happening and with that comes the reality that I can't commit myself to a lot of things and the things that I really want to do, the people I really want to spend time with, I need to be intentional about those connections. And so time management is going to have to come back into play. I have used this year off of school to kind of not be concerned about deadlines and timing um, because for the last 22 years, that's all I've done is then, well, I guess since I was six, deadlines and assignments and timing and stuff. So I've used this year to not think about that. But that year is slowly, uh, or I guess quickly coming to an end. So I need to kind of get back into reality about that. So being more intentional about the connections I make, the timing, my scheduling, all those kind of things, I think I'll be, I'm going to try to be more intentional about 
Very good. So, okay, well, I, I agree. I think you, that's, that's wonderful uh, that, that you say that, you know, I, I agree that you should definitely um do that because that's important. Oh, so, you know, you're, uh, you know, you and I are both uh, procrastinators. Um, yeah. So I feel- <laughs> I'm going to be mine for you, so. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think, yes, I think your time management could use a little tune up. Yeah, but it's not, and that's the thing, it's not my time management overall. Like, my time management when it comes to like work related projects, I'm on it. Work related things, uh, things that I feel like affect me corporately, I am like very extra about. But when it comes to like church related things, ministry related things, I've learned how I work. And if I work early, it never turns out the way I want it to. And so I think that's where the two sides of my brain compete with each other. Like in a work setting, my left brain is 100%. Like I still am creative and stuff, but like deadlines and scheduling and calendars and coding like that in work. In ministry, I'm more I'm able, able to be more creative, more free, have a little bit more liberty. And so I take advantage of that to the point where like I do write sermons last minute because if I write them early, they're not good. <laughs> so like I've learned what works and what doesn't in that sense. So it's not really time management as a whole. It's just like making sure my procrastination is not causing a hindrance to my productivity, which in most cases it doesn't. But sometimes, you know, it rears its head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it does. Time. Do you have one for you? <laughs> oh, there's. I don't know. Um, because I have one. Okay. <laughs> but you do your search. You do your search. You don't have to jump at the opportunity. I'm like just saying. I, say. I think. See, okay, I'm gonna say this, but I feel like it's not gonna. Ha- I'm, I'm probably not gonna get to doing this to like a smooth the last half of next year. Okay, but probably like maybe starting therapy again. Try that Yay. again. Um, I'll give that another another good shot there. We do. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, yay! Yay! Woohoo! Um, okay. there's that. I think that's like the main thing, and then I don't know, just being more uh being more open and all that good stuff that people say and um yeah I think that's kind of it just being you know being better and I think just you know growing in other ways and you know just not being stagnant and advancing in all other areas of my life and uh, there it is. So yes, that's what is good? Uh, yeah. Yay! Okay. I'm so proud of you. <sighs> I was going to say. Oh, yeah. All of those things are great. And I, I thought I, I feel like change. I know what you're going to say. So do you ahead. Do you want to guess? No, I, no. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, all I was going to say was, I feel like this year should be a year for you to learn to love yourself. I think that this is not is what I thought you were going to say, but all right, that's cute. Year. I mean, because, like, this is not like, a bashing <laughs> thing. That's not what I'm here to do. 
but but that self-love I think is going to come with a lot of self-discovery and so it's going to be like being able to be strong in the sense of like recognizing your weak points recognizing your triggers those kinds of things and then recognizing that's who you are and not trying to fix it but just try to grow like you said and so I think all of those things will come with learning to love yourself as yourself. But then once you learn to love yourself, which I hope happens early on in the year, you can use the <laughs> latter part of the year to be available for when the right one comes along. See, here we go. <laughs> you are not so opposed to See? the idea of having a partner. Like, and not saying you have to be like engaged by this time next year. But I'm just saying that's a strong push because I see I knew it I know that you're on a mission to I don't know why this is your mission but apparently it is, it is. I feel like you, this mission should be for yourself so that's fine Mm-mm. but yeah you're on this mission to like find like this is like find me a man like it's just it's a it's this is your mission for yeah. whatever reason I feel like it's a terrible mission but like, well because I feel like you deserve and it's not saying don't you, you have First of all, this, first of all, you should be finding yourself one. No. Yes. No. Why not? Uh, okay. This has nothing to do with me. We're not Why talking about you... me right now. We Why? have my moment. What this is, is that? This is your moment. What? I just feel no, like... You say I need a man you don't? What you trying to say? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, as well, far as I'm concerned, I don't want to put my energy in finding myself a partner. That's where my energy needs to be. It does. No, a good best friend's energy is not in herself. It is invested into her best friend. And thus, the you of the situation. So I feel like, and it's not, you know, I just feel like you are very closed off to the idea of close connections. Not necessarily romantic, but close connections with people. Like, I don't think (laughs) you are like super open to new close connections. Like I think you you did like great First of all, like I met Joe behind. So what are you trying to do? That's what I'm saying. Since like me and then like all of our friends, our friend group. And to be clear, see, first of all, it was like pulling teeth to get with you. So I mean not like that. But (laughs) it was a lot. Because in the very beginning, yo behind, I would text you and you would not respond. If you would respond, it'd be well hours after. Like, but see, you've learned. And even like, say, and even like, hey, we should like hang out. And I don't even do that. Like, I am not the one to initiate the hangouts, but I would. And then, oh yeah, we should. Yeah, when are you free? Oh, girl, I'm free, whatever. And then, and then like, it was a good while. And then finally, like with, I think it was like months after like yeah, the first. Yeah, it was several months. Yeah. Several months. Finally, we hung out. Like, you got months. Months. But here's the thing. With the so, same see, vigor uh-huh. that you pursued me, okay, is see, the same okay. vigor okay. and the same energy <laughs> I need you to maintain. And it's not saying you got to put yourself out there. That's not what I'm saying you need to do. All I'm saying is I want you to be able to have close connections. And to be fair, the pickings are slim. I'm not saying there's an abundance 
But there's there's potential. And I just want, and we're not even going to focus on you finding a man because you know that's my ultimate goal for you. But we're not even going to talk about that. I just want. Sure, you would cry. If I ever got married, you would cry more tears than I would You don't understand. Like, I would be like, it's over. Your wedding or Because you are over here a bucket of tears. Like, it's going to be a whole production. And the tears that you will shake. Yeah, I don't think you realize. It will be a whole production. So, that's beside the point. We know that already. (laughs) Paris is time. Literally, <laughs> literally, you're gonna walk in. It's gonna be angels from the ceiling, like like the like, reunion. Like, I'm like, this oh yeah, girl, they're real people. They're hanging. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna have people harnessed from the sky that look like Playing angels. Earth. Literally, you don't I'm understand. Like, it's gonna be a production. Are you sure you be out? Like, girl, yes. she needs like, a pee break because that's gonna be a little while. Diapers. We gave all of the diapers. They should, uh, they should last the duration of the reception. You don't understand. Yeah, it's gonna be a whole thing. So that's beside the point. When that time comes, Thanks you'll see. Energy for your wedding. It's energy for your wedding. Mm, no. Um. So I just want an act like your wedding is approaching. Mm, no. Um. I just want for this year for you to love discover who you are. Number one, let's talk about discovery. On discover who you are, and once you found her, introduce yourself to her. You don't have to like be obsessed, but you know, (laughs) introductions and start to love yourself more. And that's really for anybody. I think that's a little bit for me too. Um, I had a really great mentor. I have a really great mentor. Nothing happened to her. She's still here. Oh, but wow. I have a really great mentor. <laughs> I was like, well, what happened? It's like the best human in the world outside of my parents who are great. But she's wonderful. And like, don't, don't forget your parental units. They're great. Yeah, my parents are great. Um, but this particular mentor, she's like a woman in ministry. Like she gets things that my parents may not necessarily get um, with my mom not being a preacher and my dad not being a woman. So, um she helped me a lot with that. Like when I was still trying to figure myself out, I think I'm still trying to figure myself out. Please do not get it twisted. I still don't know. But, (laughs) um, she like forced me to write, but not like dear diary today. I went (laughs) to the store and I not like Brandy. This great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like not like Moesha and like trying to write, emotions and things not like an internal monologue but to like keep a pocket-sized notebook um so like a moleskin they have like the tiny field journals or just a small notepad and write down just thoughts that come up during the day um thoughts about myself thoughts about people around me things I may hear that stick out to me um little things and I kept that notebook I still have it around here somewhere and I kept it with me all the time and I just wrote things throughout the day and it was surprising how quickly I was able to start picking up like what I identified with and what I didn't and depending on my mood my focus was on more negative things I may have heard versus you know when I was in a good mood it was more positive things and I could be in the same environment but what I picked up was different based on how I was feeling. And that taught me a lot about myself. Like, although I'm emotionally stable, when I get worked up, I tend to only see through one lens. And that's something I've learned about myself. Like, if I'm angry, it's very difficult for me to 
um, in the moment, in the emotionally heated moment, look at it from all perspectives. Like I'm shooting shots in one direction, dismissing all of the other things. Um, and so that helps me like learn myself. And you don't have to do that, but like I would it's want so beautiful for you to like learn the things about you and be able to talk about them. Like this sounds like a whole lot of emotions right. and feelings. <laughs> yes, literally, I just want to have one good group cry. All cry. One good group cry. cry. Oh, see, now you're doing a lot. See, I'm, I was fine with the emotions. I can do the emotions. That's fine. Feelings, I have plenty. Sure, we can do that. Whole cry. See, yeah, you, you, yeah, the whole team. Have a group cry. It's gonna happen. Went on the trip this time next year. We'll have. Oh, yeah, February. Oh, all the emotions are coming out. You don't understand. I have, I have things. A, oh, you, you have things to say. You have, have you have plans planned. Yeah. All these tears can go, but we can have emotions and feelings. We can kumbaya and hold hands and hug. That's fine. Work. With these crying sessions, you can say yeah, no. We're gonna have at least one. No, we you know crying is fine. I I am okay with cry. I'm yeah. I'm all right. Cry, yeah. save it, save that for Ayana. Okay, save that for well, Ayana. Not on my watch. She's she's probably the only person I would cry. I'm like I cry. I cry with her. She can rock me like the infant that I am. <laughs> like come here. He like puts you just right there in her chest and just viciously rocks you. Yeah, she's an aggressive like conqueror. Yeah, she she does a lot, but I'm here for it. You know, hey, I'll take it. I'll do that. We'll we'll talk about that in uh, whatever our episode is closer to that time. But yeah, that's what I want for you. I just want this year to be a year of discovery. A year of you learning to this journey of discovery. Learning about who you are your purpose in the world all those good things now that I have I mean why she just looks the same she still looks the same and that, it's really bad about it. It's just don't uh, do her. And she's uh, great. She's and Rachel's crew, she looks the same. She's like fifty. That's what I'm saying. Like Beautiful. she was also a witch in that one movie. So I feel yeah. like that has something to do with it. Okay, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> like witchcraft and wizardry. And I don't fool with witches or witchcraft. That was so. a movie. She's lovely. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's great, but no. Inside that was the best theme song ever. Like that song goes. I feel like it was a. a a song first like I feel like it had to be a song first and they just adapted it to a theme song yeah probably cause there's no way they made that song for that show cause they don't go together yeah, it's cause the whole opening scene they're like lip singing and having mic and they're like doing a little two step like I know but I'm saying the words of that song do not relate to the show well no through this journey of discovery yeah it makes sense finding you and finding me now that I have someone special who brings out the joy inside of me that's a song you sing to somebody you're in okay I, I mean <laughs> now, that I, now that I'm saying it yeah, <laughs> but I mean that's finding not a song you, you sing to like your sister best friend you have sisters, like finding you and finding me now that I have someone special aka you who brings out the joy in me like I said that's it's a song cool. you sing at a wedding so it fits it's fine okay 
and at the end of her off key at the end you and me you and me <laughs> that was such a beautiful thing I miss half and half that's a good show I'm upset. One one. That was another good song. Okay. Do you have anything else as far as your New Year's restitutions? <laughs> My New Year's restituted uh <laughs> My New Year's respuces are that, uh, yeah, I think that's all. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Growth in all ways. All ways. I think that, yeah, sure, that makes sense. Anything else, Reverend? I think that's it for me, too. Yeah. If we think of anything else, we can any, always add. Any resolutions for the church you would like for them to have? <laughs> if you just had to pick one good thing that the church should work on, what, what, what should that be? Just one. We don't have all day. <laughs> uh, I a oh, I got one. Um, and this is gonna be real quick. And this is particularly to the Baptist Church because I don't know any other denomination that does this. But the chance at the end of different things that we do not necessary. Um, the all things come of thee, Frost, not necessary. Oh, well, no, there's only that one. What's the other? Hear one? our prayer, O oh Lord, at the end of prayer, not necessary. Who does that? Um, I heard that. It's like, hear our prayer, O Lord, incline our ear to us and make us new or something like that. Not necessary. All of these things, not necessary. Oh, what's the one to do at the end? At the the benediction? Was it like, ah, man, ah, man, ah. Not necessary. (laughs) Makes us sound like, you know, we're a cult. Not necessary. It sounds very like cultish. We're doing a ceremonial ritual, and now we need to seal it with the sound of our ancestors. Um, it's cute. It sounds very like Catholic. Like it sounds very like I don't know. Sounds. I mean, it's cute. I guess we need to be uniform. Either we're gonna sing or we're not. It's kind of like for somebody like me who travels to different churches, it's very confusing. I don't know, especially during benediction. Do y'all sing your amens? Do you say your amens? How do you do your benediction? Know how to end the prayer, right? But we just, just say amen anyway, because that's, that's not mostly how it goes. Like the well, you say, say amen, saying, and the people of God said amen. Yeah. Um, and then it's confusing because you normally you'll say, and the people of God said together, and then they sing. But if they don't sing, and you say amen, and then they I've start never heard singing, that. Well, normally I've just heard like the preacher says the amen, and then we sing the amen afterwards. No, no. It's that way. That way, either you try to make it flow. You try. Well, well, I mean, that way, like either way, whether the preacher said, like the the preacher should say amen. That way, if we're not singing it, there's still an amen. If not, you can just go ahead and sing your little amens. It's just confusing. Let's just all be on one accord. It's similar to the are we going to swipe or insert our chips? Let's just all be uniform. Let's all do. I mean, it took a good while for us to get uniform on that. You know, now we're now we're a unit. Right. So the same way we got on the unit of inserting the chip, we really need to get on one accord. Are we going to sing these chants or are we not? Because it's confusing for the preacher. Probably not all preachers, probably just me. I just want to be in order. So let me know. Put in the program something. If you do the little chant after offering, put it in the put in the program. Put the words 
in the program. <laughs> like, it's one sentence. You can put it right on the same line of tithes and offerings, because you don't never put nobody on the on the end of describing who's going to do it anyway. You probably put trustees or something. Put the yeah. lyrics to the song on the program, because there are people that have never been to church that have no idea what we're doing. Put it in the program. That's all I'm saying. That's all I got to say about it. If you're going to sing the little chants, just put them in the program. And that's it. I hope we do that in 2018. That's it. 2019. <laughs> what did I say? This is 2018. 2018. <laughs> what did I say? 2018. It's like, ah. <laughs> 20, 19. That's fine. You know what I meant. I, yes, I, I know what you mean. Oh, and my thing that I think the church should do, um, it's quite simple. Um, just, just one word. Um, communication is very hey. important. Okay, you don't Man. have to, you don't have to shout on that. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I think um you know just communications you know not communications communication between you know all people you know whether it be um you know men members preachers um different things we all should know what's going on you know i'm sure somewhere in the bible somewhere i've heard you know we should all be on one accord at somewhere somewhere um and you know i just feel like we don't be doing that nobody's really on one accord there's several accords and we're all driving different ones all different mm-hmm. colors, just different makes and models. So I just we feel are like on we, different streets. We're not even we on it, we on different accords, different in different colors, and also on different streets, different roads, different highways. I'm on three eighty five. You on I eighty five. Um, you know somebody else on twenty six. Like we just everywhere. So yeah. I just need I just I just need all of us to just be uh, as the church folk. We just need to be abreast to I, that bird does not just. <laughs> We all need to be abreast mm-hmm. in what's going on at the church. We should all know things, all these secrets and things, and you're not telling people things. And and then you wonder why nobody, the people just get tired because it's just like, just communication is important, not just at church, but anywhere, but especially at church. I feel like they have a problem with that. You know, no, nobody likes to tell about nothing. You know, members don't be knowing nothing. We should all know what's happening, what's going on, you know, down at the church house. That and among other things you know, need to be happening. That's a whole other thing. We, should, we have to get into that a little more, a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Deeper. But anyway, that is That's all. a good one. That's a good one. I didn't think about that one. Oh, you didn't. No, Um, but I definitely agree because I think communication is a big issue across the board, but it's definitely a problem in the church. And I don't think people realize how serious a lack of communication in the church is because like for spiritual people, the church is a hub like spiritually. So if I'm not doing my job to like communicate effectively that's people's like souls on the line and like some people equate the church to a hospital so that would be the equivalent of like me being a doctor (laughs) and you being a nurse and then somebody else being like the receptionist and we have a patient and none of us speak to each other but we're all trying to treat the patient like something's going to go wrong like if you were on night shift that'd be like (laughs) and they had a stroke and so you gave them nitroglycerin or something and I don't know that so I come behind and like give them aspirin and it's a blood thinner and they've had a stroke and then 
somebody else comes behind and gives them a coagulant. So now there's all these drug interactions happening because nobody is talking to each other and the patient dies. And that's literally what is happening in the church. Like all of these people have these leadership roles, but nobody's communicating with each other and people are dying, not necessarily um, physically, like we talked about at the head of this episode, but spiritually, like people are dying and being left by the wayside because the people that are in charge are supposed to be in charge are not doing their job, which is literally to, you know, talk to each other and take care of the people. And of everyone in the church, the most healthy, in a sense, should be the ones in leadership. Not saying they should be perfect, but they should definitely be in leadership and be healthy. And if y'all aren't even speaking to each other, like, how do you expect to get anything done? Like, even in a family, if the mom and dad live in the same house and don't speak, how do you expect anything to get done? (laughs) Like... Exactly. Who makes dinner? Who does the work? Like, I thought he was gonna do. When he said he was, I was like, man, Rick, okay, right. no Like, it would happen. No one eats. <laughs> nobody eats. The kids are still at school waiting for somebody to come get them. There's no clean clothes. The dog is starving. Like, all, no bills are paid. So you're sitting in the dark and cold with no food. Like, literally, that's what happens if you don't if you don't communicate. And I don't think people realize that that trickles, that same principle carries. Just talk to each other. You don't have to agree. You'll have to agree. But you don't even know if you don't agree because you mm-hmm. don't talk to each other. Like, I don't get it. You leave very critical things, like, not in the equation. And things happen as a result of that. So, like... Exactly. Like, y'all don't tell nobody about nothing, but then you get mad when nobody comes. It's like, well, Literally. (laughs) It is the worst negative feedback loop in history. I don't tell you this thing is taking place. But then the thing takes place and you don't show up. How dare you? And then then you're like, oh, you didn't know about that? Oh, we sent out a... We told so-and-so. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, well, that's, that's so sad. I talked to this person and they said, okay, but I'm not them. And also, why is it such and such is obligation and not yours? If you were the one who wanted me there, you should have been the one to tell me. Like, that puts unnecessary responsibility on a third party. When really, with the same direction I went to them, I could just come to you directly. Like, but at the same time... Getting church people to do anything is like pulling teeth from a six-year-old. That's true, though. So, <laughs> like, no lie detected there. So, I learned that very young. It's like, you know what? I just don't even want to fight with you. I don't have to tell because you know, church like regular people. I feel like, well, I feel like church people are just a whole other breed of people. Because like regular people, you can just tell them like twice, and they're like, okay, cool, I got it, I wrote it down, I'm there, it's fine. But like church people, you have to like. Just constantly remind them, right. and like sit. It's just like, are you twelve? Like Jesus, I don't. I shouldn't have to do this to grown people. Like I should not have to be like, don't forget, such and such is Saturday. Like, oh yeah, I came up, uh huh. And the night before, oh yeah, uh huh. And then like the day of, oh girl, I forgot. Right. It's like, see, you know what? I, you know, you know, you ain't worth it. I don't even have time. Right. Or energy or desire. I do not care. Y'all are fully grown adults. Right. And like, how do you work your job? Like, how do things get done where you're employed? Because, like, because I'm sure they don't have to remind you every day to do certain things. Like, if right. you're, it's like, come on now. 
they don't have to send you a text like remember you got work in the morning so but remember to send this file by three because what happens is they just get fired if you're if you're slack for too long that's the other thing if you're going to treat the house of the lord like a business you should treat it like a business all the way through which means if you are going to do all of these administrative things where you want the church to function as a business in the sense of like financially and administratively great but then when the time comes where somebody is not doing their job let them go. Like, I don't understand why in some aspects we can be very businesslike. We can do all of these things by the books. But then when it comes to like firing people, we suddenly just don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And we don't want to cause any ruffling <laughs> of feathers. And we don't want to, you know, make anybody feel bad. But Every other aspect of the ministry is run like a business. Either we can be warm and cuddly and we just have everybody give the opportunities and have a good, good old boy try and congratulate them. Everybody gets a participation trophy or you can handle the church like a business. And I think even Jesus himself was very administrative in, you know, he was still loving and considerate, but also knew when to call things out. And we don't like calling things out if we know it's going to hurt somebody's feelings that we feel like has some sort of weight. Like, if I know Sister Susie really shouldn't be working with the youth no more because she's 107 years old, I really (laughs) need to tell her it's time for her to take a step back and sit down. Like, that's that's the thing. That's the thing is that, like, it's the fine line between we know this person does not need to be here, however... We don't want you to leave. So it's like, let's treat her as gently as possible without hurting her feelings, but at the same time, getting like moving her from this position. And and most of the time, if you're going to move someone, remove someone from a position, they're going to be upset because they feel like, but why? I've been here for like, they're going to do this whole thing and they're going to be upset and they're probably, they may leave anyway. So a lot of times, I mean, you're just prolonging what's going to happen probably anyway. So, I mean, just, just go ahead. I mean, I mean, at the church, you know, you want to be gentle. You know, you want to treat everybody. You know, you want to just pat them. So, I thought, we, you know, we love you, baby, but you just can't. You just can't do this no more, baby. That's right. it. We just going to put you right over here with the other seniors. Like, literally, you're 750 years old. Like, you were at the Last Supper. There is no reason for you to be over <laughs> Let's give you another thing to do. Like, that's possible. I think it is very reasonable to take, you know, someone who you feel like is not necessarily fit for one ministry and have them reassess their spiritual gifts. There are tactful ways to do it. But you're going to be bad anyway. Think right. about it. If so it's like, to, if someone, if someone, let's think. If somebody told you, like, listen here, um, you know, you really preaching. I just feel like it's not it for you. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like maybe you should over here and teach. You should be maybe teach the golden age ministry. You know, they really love you. See, see how, see the attitude right there. See I'm no, I'm not saying like, oh, you should take what you feel like you've been called to do and not do that. I'm just saying like, oh, you've been probably, working with the youth for the last forty years. It feels like she's called. No, you can definitely be called to work with you, but you're like old, old, not even oh. like moderately old. You're 
old, old. And like, honestly, I feel like you would be a better fit. And honestly, you can put the ball in their court. Let's just have all of the ministry leaders do spiritual gift assessments. And let's have individualized meetings with all of the leaders. And let's really see if what you're doing right now lines up with your spiritual gift set. Because 99.9% of the time, what they're if they're not a good fit, what they're doing does not line up with their spiritual gift inventory. And that's a really good time to be like, hey, so your gift inventory says that preaching is one of your weakest points mm-hmm. and one of your highest points is service. So how about, you know, we put you where you'll be the most effective and you serve on like the kitchen committee or something. And let's bring the shade that if somebody sent you to the kitchen committee. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, let's, let's just really read. It's like, fam, you really just <laughs> like, I just don't trust you with my children. Cause I feel like you're going to teach them some mess that just ain't it. So let's just do this. Like, you know, I just feel like that is the better way to handle it. Not like, I'm not going to sit you down because if I sit you down with nothing to do, you're going to leave. But if I place you somewhere, because if it's really your spiritual gift, you're going to enjoy that more anyway. So like, why don't I put you in a place that's going to grow your spiritual gift as opposed to having you in a place where you're not growing because it's not your gift and the people you're ministering to are growing because you are operating in the gift you're supposed to be operating in. I just think that that is the more effective way to do it. And honestly, that goes back to church administration. So overall, for 2019, let's just be better administratively. I think some ministries have got it. Others still need a little bit of work. Just make sure the administration is where it needs to be. And that goes from leadership down. Like even lay people should be responsible in some forms and fashion for how the administration of the church goes. Just like by behavior and stuff. Like that's really what it boils down to. Be intentional about everything in 2019. I think that's so well said. Yeah. Just be intentional. God is not pleased. Ain't that what the be intentional? Never failing. All things. That was my Travis Green impression. That Hope was you great. <laughs> It looked kind of sounded that, more like like Bobby from the Proud Family. Like, uh, remember? <laughs> so dysfunctional. That's what it Yeah. <laughs> Can you feel it now? Like I feel it. Hey. Okay. Anyway, yeah. That was it. Um, thanks for joining us this week for that. Um, if all hearts and minds are clear, um, I guess we're gonna go to peace on out. Um, I hope that you you learned some things. Um, you know, don't pee on things. Um, remember the cautionary tales. Be intentional. These are all things we've learned today. Um, I hope something touched your heart and uh, pricked it in all the right places. Amen. That was weird. But um, <laughs> as we leave, uh, just remember to love your neighbors as yourself and as Christ loved the church. Sure. So uh, benediction. Uh, may the Lord watch between us and y'all. <laughs> well, y'all go on somewhere. Amen. Is that all right? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I don't know where y'all going. But y'all gotta get up out of here. All right. Amen. Amen. Bye. Bye.